0: Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm so glad that you're here. Today is Thursday, August the 26th. And as promised, I've got a couple of guests in the studio today, and we're gonna talk about what is happening in this country from the perspective of an immigrant. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. So lots of things going on this week. You guys know that uh, you can find my schedule at HeidiStJohn.com. And uh, if you've got questions about my run for Congress, again, that is HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. I wanted to thank you guys for coming out to the event that we had in Phyllida Park on Wednesday. It is really good to see you guys getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. It's part of the reason that I am running for office in the first place really is to set an example, to say, listen, if if that homeschool mom, that mother of seven, that grandmother, if she can put herself out there, surely I can put myself out there because our nation is in trouble. And a couple days ago, we talked about communism and Marxism, Marxism being a philosophy, an idea that really is a dangerous idea that when it takes root, it ultimately results in communism. And a couple of years ago, I was very, very honored and pleased to be invited to start speaking and do a few events with an organization called Slavic Vote. And when they approached me, I just thought, yes, this is amazing because there's so many people here from the Slavic community. And I, I still believe if they will be engaged and get uh, involved in what's happening politically, especially, we will see the tide turn in the Pacific Northwest and even around the country. So Dmitry. Approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to speak and I I think I I think I spoke about my love for Trump I'm pretty sure that's what I did and so uh Dmitri and Yatislav are in the studio with me today so uh so guys welcome to the Heidi Saint John podcast I'm pretty sure this is the first time you've been on here yeah that's the first time. yeah. Welcome.
1: Yeah. My wife has a, was actually at this center a few days ago, and she's like, wow, I didn't even know this place existed. It was living <laughs> right next door to you guys.
0: <laughs> Did she like it?
1: Uh, yeah, she loved it. She was a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And then when she brought the inf- information to me, I was overwhelmed. I'm like, <laughs> wow, people are actually doing things. And it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, it's really great. And you guys, I'm going to start with you because you've done something that you didn't think you'd ever do. And that was to pull your kids out of public school.
1: Yes, I did. How terrifying or, was that? My wife did, actually. <laughs> she came and notified me, and I was like, okay, well, we took the jump. I guess we got to do this. Yeah. And I think it's just going to be, it's going to be an interesting, uh, I don't think it's going to be worse than what happened last year, because we're actually pulling yeah. our kids out of K-12, mm-hmm. which is a very big program across the U.S. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents decided to move their kids that direction because it was the only option. It was right. free. Uh, but our kids were just sitting at the computer for eight hours yeah, a day. Awful. And it was not good.
0: No, there's so. no life in that. <laughs> no. no. And they're still, they're still, um, uh, putting their propaganda out, uh, online. And so you can't, you can't really get away from it. Yeah. So.
1: Especially this year. I actually went to, um, uh, a school board meeting for the first time.
0: No, look at you guys yeah, getting off Right the when the
1: K-12 stuff, yeah. stuff started and I was like. Whoa! Mm-hmm. I was very surprised. Was it? It
0: wasn't what you expected.
1: <laughs> no, the uh, the teachers. A lot of the teachers were embarrassed to actually do the presentation.
0: They that's should not, be embarrassed. It's stuff, embarrassing.
1: Yeah, especially to like little kids, and I can just imagine the questions that they would ask. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, not yeah. something that. Yeah, I'd want my kids to go through it, totally yeah. truth.
0: Well, uh, I'm excited for you because uh, this homeschool journey, I know I told you guys the other day when I was on your show, this is going to be the, the best thing you ever do for your family. So yeah. you tell your wife her very worst day at homeschool <laughs> is going to be better than her kid's best day in the public indoctrination center known as
2: the public school.
0: Amen. So congratulations to you. Dimitri, tell me about Slavic Vote because yes. you are you the founder of Slavic Vote?
2: Well, there's multiple. I, I call all of us founders because we yeah. all kind of jumped into this and we started doing this, and it's been, it changed our lives, I think, in many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. I know for sure for me, uh, it's a different lifestyle altogether, mm-hmm. and I love it.
0: Yeah. And how many of you are there now?
2: So we have about, I believe, seven board members. We started off with uh, eight, nine members. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few had to step away and do other things, but uh, we're still uh, strong with the seven board members. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we started off with primarily going to churches. Uh, you know, Our church was kind of our, our goal originally, just go to our church, mm-hmm. register people to vote, encourage them to uh, just get involved and at least vote. And mm-hmm. it's, it just kind of went from there where we were going all across Oregon and Washington to different states uh, and doing registration drives. And uh, just recently we kind of kicked off California as well where um, it, it's, it's slowly kind of picking up, and but a lot of things are happening there too. And uh, hopefully, you know, in a year or so, we'll have a full team there as well, and mm. it'll be great. There's a lot of Slavic people there.
0: That's awesome. And the two of you work together, correct?
2: In the Slavic world, well, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. We actually went to the same church. Yeah, um, that's where it kind of started. But which church of, is this? Um, it was New Life mm-hmm. um, on the Oregon side. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, our um, I remember our first meeting. It was so interesting because I've never seen these people and we just invited a whole group of people and we just sat around this table kind of shaped like a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And that's where we met people like Lily Zhukova. Yeah. Uh, she's a firecracker. And, I mean, we met so many amazing people and this is just right after the whole hype of what happened in Olympia that yeah. year. And mm-hmm. this is kind of when the Russian community just woke up mm-hmm. and We didn't do it. It wasn't, you know, the work of our hands, because previously, I think people tried to get into politics in the Russian community, and Mm -hmm. it just went really bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the pastors were not very forthcoming with uh, even helping out or even sitting down to listen, Mm. uh, just really staying away from politics. And I think we'll get later in the the show, we'll probably Mm -hmm. go and describe why they had that approach Mm -hmm. um, and why that happened, but... Yeah, the group came together. It was amazing, uh, and I think we still have an amazing uh, group of board members. Um, a lot of people actually like grew like Lily. She's no longer with us, but mm-hmm. uh, she, uh, she brought so much um, to the table mm-hmm. with her experience because she worked in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she was in Olympia for a while, uh, and then her law background that she's going she, she's yeah. doing right now is just uh, it brought a lot of uh comfort to the pastors when yeah. we brought her along, and uh we kind of learned a lot quite a bit, yeah and I, th- uh, over I think the years yeah, it was a very
2: god kind of experience because you know we kind of were talking with a few people with our free friends, like we should probably start this again, very small our our thinking was very small, just one church, two churches, mm-hmm. and as we were ta- meeting and talking about it. There is this storm brewing mm-hmm. in Olympia mm-hmm. where we saw just all of a sudden we see this huge rallies that are being formed and Slavic people are just going like crazy. And I remember April 1st, that was a really big rally in, in on, on, on the Fool's Day, right? Fools, yep, April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day. And mm-hmm. I remember clearly we went, that was our kind of our kickoff. We went and started talking to people and like asking, hey, you want to get involved? So let us let me get your mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. We'll stay in touch. And even even now, you know, some of the people that we talked to, we stay in touch with them and... And it was a very, um, It was just a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and it's encouraging because you guys are really the tip of the spear in this area for the Slavic community to really get them involved because we need their help. There's just no question. And we're in trouble. The nation's in trouble right now. We, you know, we we're watching this incredible um, unraveling of our freedoms and our rights that we have long enjoyed in the United States. And really people like me who've grown up here and never knew that there was another, you know, another way to do it. You know, I, I went to a Christian school and we were taught actually in high school, it was a a wonderful history teacher that taught western civilization and boy I'll tell you what he hammered communism and socialism and Marxism and we studied these guys and we knew that that was a dangerous ideology the kids who are coming out of our schools now have no frame of reference for this they don't understand communism, they do not understand the history of this nation or why communism is even bad but you guys have a very unique perspective because you can Look back in the not so distant past in your own families and hear actual stories of people that escaped communism and then some of them didn't. Um, I had a Russian, uh, a Russian woman in the studio with me about a year ago and she told a bone chilling story. It's a good friend
2: of ours, yeah. yeah,
0: about what happened in her family. And so, what I would love to do. Is just talk to you guys about where you've come from. And because we were talking the other day, there are some striking parallels to what happened um, as you saw your freedoms. Because people go, oh, Russia has always been communist. No. It hasn't always been communist. Yeah, And it's very, very sad. Even Iran, if you look at the history of some of these countries, if you look back to Iran in the 50s and the 60s, the women there weren't being beaten in the public square. They were going to university. Well, when the Atollas took over and they came in and they brought in their their dictatorship and their theocracy, the women really had to go underground. And what we're going to see happen in Afghanistan now will be the same thing. Uh, This is going to be devastating for women and girls because these are ideologies that actually kill people so i'd like to start with you dimitri and maybe tell us a little bit about your family and um how long you guys have been here
2: yeah uh, and i think even thinking back in here in the united states i don't remember really even you know in our schools learning about a uh, soviet union and just the communism and everything they, they didn't teach that and but i think what helped our community is that when we were growing up in churches in homes that's something that was always talked about. You know, mm-hmm. our parents always talked about it, our grandparents. And I think we grew up learning and hearing about these stories and, and without even, you know, te- learning these at school. So I think that's You're what, talking about school in the
0: United States. Correct. Yeah. yeah they don't teach it.
2: And the, and the only way we learned about it is through our family stories. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we heard again in churches. Uh, people always talked about it. And I think that kind of left a very, um, you know, that, that kind of left a very interesting kind of picture for us. And just about, five years ago we start i mean personally i started seeing some some things that are very similar uh and it it, that's what made me want to get involved and why i thought you know if we don't do anything about it it's going to come back and Mm -hmm. it's going to get worse so personally for me you know my parents we moved here when i was about uh, nine years old Mm -hmm. Uh, we moved here from belarus and my parents grew up there and we also grew up in the russia russia and in the little town called novokubansk and my family originally was from Belarus, and during the uh, World War II, the occupation started happening uh, from Belarus, from Poland, and my family, you know, my grandparents had to flee to to Russia, and they had to stay there because they were being, you know, my grandfather, my grand grandfather was imprisoned for ten years because he was a leader in town, and he became a Christian, and the whole town, you know, essentially became Christian because of him, mm. and because of that, he was imprisoned, he was beaten for many many years. And he was very, you know, he, essentially he was, he was almost, um, uh, they couldn't rely on him anymore as a, as a, a person who would keep up the family. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother became, since she was the oldest, she became almost like a father figure and uh, she took care of all the family, took care of my mom, took care of all, all of our, all of our kids. And it was very, it was a very hard life. Um, and you know, they, when they moved here about 20 years ago, they, you know, they remembered all those things and they constantly talked about it. And I personally, I remembered those things and I always, I wanted to kind of document it. And so
0: it's interesting. I want to I'll stop on something for yeah. just a minute because you were saying that he was imprisoned and beaten because he was a Christian. And yeah. I think people need to understand because I keep hearing people say, well, communism, they're not anti-Christian, anti, they are, they're atheist. Oh, yeah. You have to remove God from the equation to yeah. do what they do to have total allegiance to the state. And people need to understand that there's a reason why Christians are persecuted in political systems like communism.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: What was the effect of that on the Christian community?
2: Well, it, it essentially moved them underground. You know, mm-hmm. all the churches had to go to homes. Uh, they, if they didn't register, which was also kind of a new thing, you know, essentially if you were a Christian, you were, um, you were made fun of, you were persecuted, you were imprisoned and, you didn't have a you know, peaceful life. You couldn't mm-hmm. uh, peacefully assemble and worship your God, and you know that was similar in some cases with uh, with Muslims and other churches. And some churches I, I heard, like Catholics um, or Orthodox, they were they had some leeway, um, but for the most part, in the Protestants they probably got the worst of it from mm-hmm. from what I hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, people. A lot of people. I don't think they. Um realize i think the best example maybe for the u.s would be like you know cuba because they're so next door to mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. um and even there you know we he- we have probably heard a lot of horror stories and you know what happened people are still coming over here to this mm-hmm. day yeah uh they're that's still kinda, dying that's to like, come here yeah it's almost like a live version of what happened on a much greater scale i think in the soviet union um so even prior to coming onto the show i actually gave myself a huge history lesson i didn't realize this but um Christianity or any religion, for that matter, is just not compatible with socialism and communism. Which is, I think, for me, um, it's almost the same thing because it leads to the it other. Is, yeah, yeah, uh, they all go
0: to the same place. Yeah, and yeah.
1: one of the things is is that it's not compatible because the state cannot be the ultimate authority in the end, and
0: mm-hmm. that's all
1: it turns. And that's that's all it is because with uh, being a Christian in a communist country, you have a higher moral standard, for example. And uh, what got a lot of Christians in trouble in the form of Soviet Union, like Dmitry might have mentioned, uh, was the fact that a lot of Christians didn't take up arms. Mm. Uh, I mean, it might have been an understanding of like what, um, you know, do not kill in Russian. It's just, it's just translated into uh, more of a simpler word. And, um, but that wasn't even the point. The point was the fact that um, nothing could be above what the state said and told you to do and you said oh no i'm not going to do this because i believe that there's a god Mm -hmm. or there's somebody else that i believe in so in totality uh we think of like the holocaust for example there's like six million and they include the jews uh i think there was a gays and Mm -hmm. uh people that were uh,
0: helping the jews too there were the yeah yeah.
1: so in, in russia uh communism in on the max scale or the if we take the the bigger range of the numbers it's they say it's around 60 million Mm. people perished under communism of the 60 million around 12 of them were christian uh or religious related them because the whole communist system what they figured out really early was that um that the whole system communism couldn't exist just by paying everybody the same amount uh because people wouldn't want to become a doctor Mm -hmm. if you're getting paid the same as a janitor for example it 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 kind of broke down the morality of the people pretty quickly um but i think in the end what happened is christians became like like a thorn in their side and they were just they were not compatible with the system Mm -hmm. even though they were great workers they were they were honest they didn't drink which is a huge issue in the former soviet union probably to this day But they didn't, uh, they were great, they were a great labor force. um, And the communism just decided that camps, like work camps, like labor camps, which turned into more like a concentration camp situation, um, was just the way that they wanted to go. So if you ask even like Bill, one of our board members, Bill Krasnogorov or Red Hill Construction, you might have heard of Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. you know, a lot of these people came from Siberia, not because it's such a great place to live in Siberia. Because, I mean, it's beautiful maybe during the summer. but yeah, it's like it's, Alaska. It's yeah. beautiful
0: for, beautiful for, <laughs> for about months, six weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that.
1: It, well, if you ask them, like, how did you guys end up there? They'll tell you that the mothers, once the, the breadwinner, like in Demetrius' case, he says his grandfather, was sent somewhere. The whole family would move to that location. Mm. And it just became a generational thing mm-hmm. where if you're in this place, you know, you get sent there for five years, you'll probably end up living there for 10 years. Um, and it was just, it's just a very sad all around situation mm-hmm. for the Slavic community. And you can even talk to like grandpas that are still alive to this day that have like markings on their hands for like, like being in the specific camp, uh, like tattoos, just like they did in the mm-hmm. Holocaust. It's just the the horror stories. Just open up YouTube, type in uh, Christian or Baptist persecution or Pentecostal persecution, uh, and it'll bring a ton of stories of different uh, things that happen. Mm -hmm. So me and Dimitri, we're fairly young. Um, (laughs) I think Dimitri is a little bit younger than I am. But um, we kind of lived, because I was born in 81, Mm -hmm. we lived during the communist era where everything was falling apart. Mm -hmm. So... I would say we kind of caught the tail end of the whole situation of how communism fell apart and things were a little more lax, like relaxed, but still that, let's say our year 89 is coming really close to what's happening in the U.S. right now.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So we didn't get the beginning of the whole communism, which started like 70 years. Mm -hmm. Um, We caught the end of it. And even then, we see the same type of things happening that we see starting in the U.S., Mm -hmm. which for my generation, we're like, wow, okay. So, for example, something that um, was kind of common in school is, for example, with uh, vaccinations, Mm -hmm. right? Or not vaccinations, just with any kind of medical procedure. So, you'd be sitting in class and a gentleman would come in into the class and he'd be like, hey, you, you know, Borisov could have a red band on his hand and he would call you out into the um, hallway Mm -hmm. and he's like, let's go. And the thing is, you don't know where you're going.
0: So this happened to you? Yeah. Well, well,
1: it happened to me personally, but I mean, it's not a tragic story, but so, you know, That's a scary story, though. But the scary part is it doesn't matter what the end result really is. It's how, you know, how, they're how they are able to do this? Yeah. yeah. And With that parent's um, consent. Yeah. yeah. The parents don't know. This is something that just the state does. So they mm, they took that's me. That's interesting. Yeah. They took me into some kind of lower areas. It was, it was a long walk. It felt like a death march. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I knew because my parents told me, you know, people might do stuff. Just be really careful. Be always cautious. Um, and we walked into an area. They put they plopped me on like a, on a dentist chair. And just started drilling away
0: get out of town no 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 novocaine no
1: novocaine oh my yeah word. i mean and i was i was in first grade so i would have been but around still. six and the fear to me wasn't just a pain mm-hmm. Um, it was the fact that my parents didn't know about this mm-hmm. i didn't know if this guy was practicing he looked pretty young mm-hmm. he was like practicing dental school and so they would choose like Christian kids to do these kind of things Mm. because they're second class citizens in in another way. So, um, you know, I don't think it's that extreme here, but it's kind of getting there. For example, Australia, Uh. I just saw a video where a father was not willing to hand over his child and, you know, they had to tackle him down and, um, you know, those kind of subtle things. And then other things like the choir teacher, for example, for music class would put you out, right in front of the piano while the whole class is sitting there in an auditorium and be like, you know, he's not singing this song with us because he is a,
2: mm-hmm. they call
1: it a stunde, which is like a like a rebel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a six-year-old, you're, you're standing there, you're like, I have no idea why they're doing this, mm-hmm. but my mom told me it's going to happen. Uh, so uh, they're kind of subtle things that happen to us, but on the other hand, but that's it's where we're starting off right now. It is, and here. it's
0: fascinating that you guys are here and remember. And I was telling, uh, I think we were talking about this the other day. I honestly think this is part of the reason why you're here right now to sound the alarm, to say, hey, there! this has happened in other places before. You have some similar. How how far, how far apart are you guys in age?
2: So I'm. Just 32, just turned today.
1: Yeah, oh,
0: it's your birthday? Oh, Dimitri, <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, wish I'd sing with you, but not right now.
1: Yeah, so I'm a 39, gonna be turning 40 pretty soon. Mm-hmm, um,
0: and like so, that. how old were you when you came here?
1: Um, our family came here in '89.
0: Like oh, wow. Right
1: when everything broke down. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the state was trying to keep things together, but we kind of knew something was going down mm-hmm. because just the way that Gorbachev. Thank God spoke. for Reagan,
0: <laughs> for President Reagan, yeah, too, it was, for that courage um, that he displayed.
1: Yeah, yeah. everything that happened, it, and it, and it, from what I hear, you can probably attest to this more. But what happened afterwards was kind of hectic because everything got privatized, and mm-hmm.
2: that's a
0: whole different. Story. When did you come over?
2: So we came here in the in the ninety seven.
0: Oh wow! So you so. were there a little bit longer, yeah. and you said it was your your grandparents who really had experienced the yeah. imprisonment and the beatings and all that. Take right. us from there. Then what happened? Uh,
2: well, I think my parents uh, want, want their experience uh, because they kind of didn't get the the really horrible things that happened to them. They more were the things that they experienced is you know just ridicu- ridiculing mm-hmm. uh, for them being Christians. And just making fun of them in school and, and things like that and that's something that they experienced you know my uh my 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 grandfather when he um so this is my grandfather my, when he's when he was essentially uh, a younger gentleman he had to flee his country because he became a christian as well and he had to essentially go in front of this committee and they had to review his his status now why uh, essentially they called them you know why would you become a christian you know you're 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 an idiot essentially that, that's what they wow. called him and he had to essentially tell them you know if you think i'm an idiot then let me go i'm going to leave this place i'm going to leave this job and i'm going to run away and uh, they ended up going to a different country because they felt they, they were not safe mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. so they picked up and they left and my my dad was born in a middle eastern country because they they moved there And uh, it was that that kind of lifestyle wasn't it was uh, was always something going on, always something that's behind them that they have to kind of uh, kind of fear. Um, So that was kind of the unfortunate thing. And what I kind of talking about some parallels here uh, to kind of add to Yaroslav's story, you know, what we see now is, again, uh, things that are happening without parents' consent. I think especially when we think about it, like abortion, right? There's Mm -hmm. some, you know, you can be. You, you sometimes you might not, your parents might not even know that your kid had an abortion or you know this transgender whole mm-hmm. uh co- um, conversion right mm-hmm. it's lo- those little things are starting to happen and eventually it's going to get worse and worse mm-hmm. and we have to stop it now and otherwise its we not, it, next thing we know it's going to be anything mm-hmm. the state is going to control everything
0: mm-hmm. it's true and I think as parents you know I mean I have seven children and I I cannot even conceive my my oldest daughter's 30. I cannot conceive of what is happening with my youngest daughter who's 10 in the time in this in this 20 year span we have seen education flip on its head but the truth is the more we're uncovering this is the way it's been going for a long time they've just been very quiet about it now they're not quiet anymore and so we see these direct assault on uh, on the family trying to separate you know parents from their children ideologically trying to do it spiritually there's lots of different ways to do it i was writing down a couple of things as you guys are talking and one of the things I was I wrote down was that here in the United States, you know, the founding fathers in this nation came up with an amazing idea that nobody else had tried. And they said our rights don't come from government. Our rights come from God. This is why uh, freedom of religion is so vitally important here in the United States because when we get rid of that, you bring in socialism and they're gonna try to do everything they can to stamp it out. This is why you see they're removing the 10 commandments. If you go down into downtown Portland, they've knocked down all the all the Christian statues trying to erase our history. This is that philosophy of Karl Marx, right? That we're actually seeing now uh, being played out in the public square. And I thought the other thing that that you said that was so I'm telling was how um, the 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 Christians were really seen as a thorn in the side of these bureaucrats of the elites, I guess is what you would call them. Um, and this is how we're being viewed now in the United States. Those of us who want freedom and are standing up against mask mandates and standing up against um, uh, the the you know the the mandated injection and all of this stuff, they are conditioning this generation to view their freedom as selfish. And that's very dangerous. And it's, it's kind of, it's where we're going. What are some other, as you guys think about what you're watching and seeing in the news, I mean, the obvious assault on parental rights, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a no-brainers or anything else that you're watching and you're going, man, we, handwritings on the wall, we've seen this before.
2: I think just education alone mm-hmm. is such a huge attack on education and just that, that aspect. And one thing that I'm thinking, you know, when, um, obviously a lot of people are, pulling their kids out of schools Mm -hmm. you know i work for freedom foundation and like i mentioned there's so many people are are opting out the teachers are opting out of unions because that's oftentimes what's causing a lot of this and one thing that i'm constantly kind of keep thinking is you know the parents that do take their kids out of out of school they can't just just sit back and just you know think that that's going to be the end of it you know they can take their kids out and they don't have to do anything about it. Mm. I feel. I feel like once you know enough people opt, you know, get their kids out of schools, they're gonna go after home schools, mm-hmm. and we can't just sit there and and let them take that because that's gonna be. I don't know. After homeschooling, what there's nothing left.
0: Well, there isn't, and I think you know. I would. I always encourage parents. You know, when you take your children out of the public school, don't take yourself out of the public school system. Mm-hmm. You know, we continue. I've ne- my kids have never attended the public school in this area. You know, because Jay and I saw the handwriting on the wall twenty three years ago, but we have been very involved in actively helping. Uh, the parents whose kids are still in the public school to wake up, to know what's happening, to realize, listen, this is a slow, I mean, it's like a slow death, right? That we're experiencing right now. This very slow. And in the last four or five months, we're watching it pick up with incredible speed. I mean, when you came into the studio today, Dimitri, you said, have you seen what Kate Brown just did? She just instituted a mask mandate outside. And I just thought, who do these people think that they are, right. that the Americans are just going to continue to roll over? But that's what we've been doing. Yep. We basically have shown them that we'll, that we'll put up with it. Yep. And uh, that's, that's kind of frightening.
2: And I think I heard uh, also today um, one of my coworkers mentioned, you know, we have Delta variant now. Mm-hmm. And I think there's talks about some other variant now. Oh, I'm sure the Lambda Lambda
0: have- Lambda is <laughs> coming out and the Alpha Chi Beta That's got to come out.
2: It's never going to (laughs) end. It
0: never will. No, and fear is a really good way to control people. That was another question I guess I had for the two of you. Did you see the communists use fear to control people as you were growing up? Or did you hear about it?
1: Well, so that's a good question, uh, which I think we definitely need to get to. But going back, um, you imagine a whole country. Mm -hmm. Because the Soviet Russia in general, the Slavic Mm -hmm. people of religious people, Mm -hmm. like 90 something percent was orthodox in in Russia Mm -hmm. before communism even started. Mm -hmm. So they didn't convert uh, to like a socialist communist regime overnight. There was a revolution that came along, but it doesn't matter. You know, you have people in power, but it doesn't mean that the whole country is going to convert automatically. So how did they pull out religion or how Mm -hmm. did they even... um, set these people aside and make make them look like they're just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um it actually started with schooling. They wow. they did it they did a separation of church and state. I'm I'm pretty sure it was a much quicker approach to church and state. They just said, "Okay, you can't teach any religion in school at all. Uh you have to take any kind of religion symbology, which in orthodox uh in Russian Orthodox
0: kind of a big that deal. stuff
1: is all over the mm-hmm. place. I mean, they have little icon You know, little Mary or Jesus, all Mm -hmm. over the place. You Mm -hmm. go into any house, they'll have it there. Mm -hmm. So, how were they able to, you know, do that within a very short period of time? They hit education. Yeah. That was number one. So, once they were able to get one generation away from viewing or even hearing about God or even any kind of religion, doesn't matter if they were people that were Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, whatever was in that region, because the Soviet bloc was so diverse. You yeah. have a lot of the Asia down south, like mm-hmm. Kazakhstan, uh, even Afghanistan. Like, how were they able to get people to do this? And it's all about education. If they were able to get the kids away from the parents, yep. become the parent to the kids in a way, or kind of usurp usurp the they parents' became authority. The authority. Yes. yes. So, one of the things is, is um, they prevented kids from like going to church meetings. So they said, hey, you older people go. This is kind of like a... F- it is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you you parents can do whatever you need to do. You're going to probably disappear within 20 years because a lot of the people are older. But don't take the kids with you. And that was a huge thing. Then what happened was the state actually got into the church. And that was really scary. Um, like they would send, uh, they would have like KGB agents become members and then they would eventually take over the, take over the church building. So
0: the parishioners didn't know, um, or did they didn't know there's a KGB in the
1: church? Some of them actually knew, but at that point there's, there's a really interesting documentary. I don't, it's not in English, it's in Russian, but there is, they took a hundred young, uh, people like youth leaders, for example, and they, they spread them out all across Russia. They, gave, they allowed them to gather. They gave them buildings, which was a big thing because they took away personal property. Uh, yeah, that's and communism
0: 101. There
1: was one guy mm-hmm. out of this group that said no. And eventually he was, the, the whole thing is about his story. Um, but eventually it turned out that all those churches that were actually run by the state, quote, quote, no longer exist. So that whole issue worked itself out yeah. on a spiritual level, if you yeah. want to go that route. Um, so education uh, was the first thing that they attacked. And um, you can even go and watch the the trial, the tribunals, mm-hmm. kind of what Dimitri was referring to. You know, on my level, it was just standing in front of class and the teacher pointing towards this person and saying, you know, you believe in God, ha, 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 mm-hmm. uh, and would throw a couple pointers why God doesn't exist. Uh parents would have the same thing, but with some kind of a conclusion, like, you know, you're you're going to jail or something like that. So it always ended in some kind of a punishment. Like, for example, um, towards education, since people are listening to this and like, I want to hear more about schooling and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian people are were fairly smart I can't say that it was just uneducated people mm-hmm. there were some educated people and a lot of them went to school they got great grades uh it was called a red diploma mm-hmm. that means you got all a's through high school wow a lot of these people they wouldn't give them the red diplomas because they'd be acknowledging that a Christian who believes mm-hmm. in God was smart was smart
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they made him look um kind of like it wouldn't work with the system because Mm -hmm. how can a Christian have a red diploma? So, and then that translated into work and jobs. So Christians, if they found out that you're a great doctor and you can perform surgeries that nobody else can, but if you're a Christian, you're going in the basement type of thing. You're not, you're not going to hold that position. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, communism partially didn't fall, but it, lost so much labor force just because of that. Like, Bill Bill Krasnogorov's dad, he was a great fabricator. He Mm -hmm. worked with, like, metal and machinery. And what they would do is uh, to get him out of his position, they would give him the lowest common denominator job possible at the facility that he was working out. Plus, since they had to meet quotas, they would give him impossible tasks to do. Mm. Like, if a normal person, they would he would like make like you know five tractors or something like per day, for example, right? They would tell him you have to do ten. So, but the thing is, these people were there. They, they were led by God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he would he would invent stuff just to keep up with the quotas. And these testimonies they are just left and right. And I think to him it happened like twice. He it went up to like twenty units or something oh like that. Goodness. When a normal person could do like five or something and. Yeah it was just amazing. He was telling me this story about his dad. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> so, people literally had to survive. Another thing is Dimitri mentioned, people had to move. Mm-hmm. Like if it became unbearable, uh, and the shunning became to the point where you couldn't do anything, you had to move. Like for example, my mother, she's Russian. So, I was born in Moscow. Uh, people are like, "Oh, you know Moscow." But I was only born there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, she's she's Ukrainian, but she was born in like Almaty, which is I think is Kazakhstan. My dad was Russian, but he grew up in Baku. So people were displaced left and right. That's one of the things that they did is they tried to move people around, especially if there was Christians, they would move them around so they would have no contact with anybody. Kind of like what we're having here today. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are just moving to any state possible that Mm -hmm. doesn't have any kind of persecution. And the message
0: has got to be, you know, we have to establish a beachhead here because we... We're watching people and I'm seeing it every single day. They're moving from Washington and Oregon. They're going to Texas. They're going to Florida. They're going to Montana. They're going to any place but here. What they don't realize is even though, you know, uh, I've met Governor DeSantis. He's a wonderful human being. He's the wonderful governor of Florida. Most people don't know that he won that election by a razor thin margin against a completely insane woman. And it could have it could have very easily swung the other direction. So let's say that we let them drive us from our homes because we're just sick of Kate Brown and Governor Inslee. Because who ain't sick of those guys, right? They're criminals. Who's not sick of this? It's ridiculous. So let's say that we all just go. Forget it. We're going to go to we're going to go to Florida. Now we've left our home. We've left our roots. We've left this this beautiful area that we love, and we move to Florida. And Florida has a bad election, and now Florida becomes Washington State. And we've left our homes. Yeah. And I and we're very, very close. And I, I I want people to hear that because I have the privilege, my husband and myself, of traveling all over this nation. And I'm telling you, everywhere I go, we see it more here because if it's like a cancer in the country. Right. So if if the, if if stage four is the end, Washington state's at a stage three, Texas may be at a two, Florida might be at a one, but the cancer is still there. Yep. And so for us to pretend like it isn't is foolishness. You guys, thanks for listening today. This was part one of my interview uh, with a gentleman from Slavic Vote. And if you are interested in getting involved, I want to link back to them in the show notes tomorrow. I hope you guys will come back tomorrow. Bring uh, just an open heart and let your children listen to what these gentlemen are saying, because this really is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call for all of us, not just for the Slavic community, but for those of us who have been here for a very long time and really just taken our freedom for granted. And so we want to encourage you guys to get involved. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.